Imagine Christmas is over. All the programs have been performed. All the pictures have been taken. The carolers are done singing. The holiday parties have come and gone. The presents are unwrapped. And the big dinners have all been eaten. The Christmas music is turned off. The family's headed back home. Someone from work is on the phone. The kids have a practice to get to. The house needs to be cleaned. The bills still need to be paid. The groceries are running low. The stock market is still down and up and down. The TV is still on. The news is still worrisome. Life just keeps going as if Christmas never happened. But it did happen. Look around. The church is full of family and friends and laughter. Because the baby is still the Savior. And the Savior is still the gift held out. To a world still looking for joy, an earth still waiting for peace, and the peaceful still sing in wonder of the God who gave his son, and the son who gave his life to add us to his family, and one day welcome us home. Imagine. Christmas is over. But remember that it really happened. And it changed everything. Christmas really happened just happened a few days ago. We all know that. But how quickly we move on. How quickly we go back to normal, right? And we kind of forget the power, the meaning, the reason, all of those things. But I hope that God shows you today that uh, normal is kind of a relative term. And if we listen, if we listen to God and we make some choices, 2019 can be a year of purpose. It can be a year of mission for each and every one of us. Let me pray. Jesus, I love you, Lord, and I thank you that we get this chance to, uh, to come together here the last Sunday of the year, Lord, and, and we get to, uh, to meet together to dive into your word. And so, Father, for the next few minutes, I pray that uh, you'd remove all distractions, God, that uh, your Holy Spirit would fill this room, God, that you would uh, open our, our hearts, our minds to, uh, to what you have for us, God. 
And Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, God, I pray that today might be the day. On the last day of the year, that they make the greatest decision they could ever make in their life, and that's to know you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we get started, you can follow along in the Bible app as usual. If, uh, if you pull up your Bible app right now, you can go to events and you can find uh, ABT right there and, and you can follow along with me. Uh, and if you're not doing a reading plan in the Bible app and maybe you didn't even know that was a thing, uh, you can jump in the Bible app and there are all kinds of, of plans in there that you can go through and, and maybe begin 2019 with a... Um, you know, maybe with a renewed sense of purpose in, in improving your Bible reading this year. I know I could always use more of that. Um, and there's great, it's a great resource to have, and it's completely free. Um, and you can do uh, Bible apps with other people uh, and, and Bible plans, and so you can, like, write back and forth and all kinds of, of great stuff. So I just want to encourage you to, to jump into that. Um, but as we get started, I want to ask you guys to follow along with me on a little riddle. So just pay attention and listen for a second, okay? So it goes like this. You're driving a bus, and you go to the first stop, and you pick up three people. You go to the next stop, you drop off two. You go to the next stop, you pick up five people. You go to the next stop, and you pick up three people. So here's the question. What's the name of the bus driver? Yeah, okay. Some people actually listened. If you're saying your own name, you're correct. Yeah. Right? A lot of times we listen to a riddle like that, we hear something like that, and we're listening to the wrong thing, right? And so we're talking about listening, right? The point of the story is, is listening, because I'll be honest with you, I could not tell you, the, if you're sitting here going, well, how many people were actually on the bus? I don't have a clue. I made up those numbers as I was going. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sure some of you are, like, telling me, like, right now, you know exactly what it is. Um, I don't have a clue, but the... But the key, the key to listening is listening to the right things. Um, the, the numbers were a distraction. They were never the point of the whole thing because you're driving the bus. That was the first thing I said. You're driving a bus. And we don't always listen the right way. If you have your handouts or if you're following along in the Bible app, our first fill-in is purpose and meaning. Purpose and meaning. It's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. Purpose and meaning. Most of us are eager for purpose and meaning in our life. We want those to bring peace. We want those to bring contentment to our life. And while those things are true from a biblical perspective, uh, we don't always search for them the right way. But they are things that we're searching for. They are things that we're searching for. If you go to the, um, to the Bible verses that are looked up the most often online, right? if you go to BibleGateway.com and you look at the 10 most looked up verses, the 10 most popular verses, more than half of them have to do with the idea of purpose and meaning, over half of them. The most popular verse on Bible study tools is actually Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It's a verse specifically talking about this exact thing, purpose and meaning. It's the most popular verse, third most popular verse. On Bible Gateway is Romans 8.28, which says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those that love him who have been called according to his purpose. Third most popular verse. So this isn't a thing that's just like fun to talk about. It's a thing that a lot of us, if not all of us, are striving for and looking for whether we want to admit to it or not. We want purpose. We want peace 
in our lives. And we want to know that it's going to be all right. We just want to know that it's going to be all right. I think if we could narrow down like some things of like something, if you could literally ask for anything for Christmas, that maybe just the idea of knowing that whatever it is that's going on in your life, that it's going to be all right. I think all of us would take that. But we don't always get that. But to get that, to get that to a certain degree, we really have to do a couple of things. And it's just two really simple ideas that will get us on the path toward that. And that's number one is to listen to God. And the second thing is to make some choices. We got to make some choices. I believe God answers prayer. Prayer is one of the most, if not the most powerful tool that we have and we don't utilize it enough. And when God answers prayer, he answers it in three ways. One of three ways. He either says yes, he says no, or he says wait, or not right now. But we aren't listening to God for his answers, are we? We are trying to find our, our answer in his answer. Or we're just attempting to hear what we want because that's how we do. It's like when we ask for advice from somebody that we know they're going to give us the answer that we want. We all know that person, right, that we're going to go to and be like, I know that no matter what I say, if I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, they're going to be like, yeah, that's great. And, but you, don't want, you, you also know the person that you're going to go to that you're like, man, if I ask them about that, they're going to tell me all the reasons why I shouldn't and the reason why that's wrong and all of that kind of thing. You know, because they're like maybe the practical person that tells you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And we know those people. We look for validation, and we do that with God. We do that exact thing with God. We look for validation. And so let me ask you this question, which is your next fill-in. How do you listen to God? How do you listen to God? Think about that idea for a minute. If you're going to find purpose and meaning... We need to listen to God. We're going to find purpose and meaning in the right ways. So when I went to art school um, at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh, uh, the place that I uh, lived, the apartment building that I lived in, was called Allegheny Center. And in the same place were also students that went to the Pittsburgh School of Culinary Arts. And so I had some friends that were in culinary school, and uh, I had no problem helping them with their homework and uh, you know making sure it all tasted good or whatever. Um, and uh, And... There were some things that, that you kind of pick up, because I love cooking, and I love, um, you know, making stuff and, and making it look pretty and all of that stuff, because I believe cooking's a bit of an art form as well. Um, in fact, it definitely is. And I also have some friends that are, uh, that are chefs or in culinary field, and there's a thing that I picked up from them and also have heard it on Food Network a lot, um, and it's this idea. Maybe you've heard this before. If you like to cook and you've watched some of these shows, you've probably heard this before, and it's this. It says... You eat with your eyes first. You ever heard that? You eat with your eyes first. And there's a lot of truth in that. There's a whole lot of truth in that. Because you do eat with your eyes first. If you really think about what that is saying, okay? I'll give you a great example. At uh, Halloween time, right? There's always somebody that makes that like brain cake that you're like, that looks disgusting, but it probably tastes great. But you won't even touch it because it looks gross. You know, if I put a plate of something that looks disgusting in front of you, it might taste amazing. But you're like, wow, this looks like trash. And so I'm not even going to try it. Because you eat with your eyes first. I remember um, when I was little, and I don't honestly remember how old we were 
Joanne and I still talk about this one for whatever reason, my sister who was up here singing. Um, so my dad decided to put blue food coloring in a can of corn this one time that, and, and set it down on the table for dinner. And because it was blue and the corn is yellow, it turned green, right? So you got this vat of what looked like green toxic waste or like the stuff that made the Ninja Turtles the Ninja Turtles. And like we're looking at this and it just looked disgusting. You, you take a bite of it and it still tastes like corn, like it's still good, you know what I mean? But you can't, like we just couldn't get over it. We couldn't get over it. And I, I took one bite, but we just couldn't finish it because it just looked like toxic waste. And it was just gross. And it's really funny because we look at that and like we know that our dad is not going to feed us poison. We knew that's not what it was. But at the same time, we do that with God too. Even though in Matthew 7, 9, it talks about how God's not, our father is not going to feed us poison. He's going to take care of us. But we do that with the decisions in our life all too often. We eat with our eyes first instead of realizing that our father is maybe putting something right in front of us. Right? We do that way too often. God says Yanny, but we heard Laurel. You know, sorry, I had to bring that back. Last time, I promise. But it's the truth. It's the truth, right? We do that way too often. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 20. And in Matthew chapter 20, we're going to be starting in verse 20. We're going to be in Matthew the, the whole time. Um, there's a story here of the disciples talking with Jesus. And their perspective is not anywhere close to where it should be. And he has to kind of reel them in and get them looking at the right things because they're thinking through things the wrong way. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 says this. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, James and John is actually who that is, uh, the disciples James and John, came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard about this, that's the rest of the disciples, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, no one was really listening to Jesus. They weren't really listening. These guys walked with him. They saw the way that he lived, and all, but they weren't really listening. They didn't, they didn't quite get it. They heard what they wanted to hear. They, they were not really listening, and, and we don't either. We need to listen with the spirit that is within us. If we are followers of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit living within us that will help us to listen to God in the right way. We don't need to listen with our ears. We don't need to listen with our, our eyes necessarily. And we definitely don't want to listen with our heart. It makes a good song lyric, but it's not really the truth. Because the Bible even says in Jeremiah 17, 9, 
The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? The heart is deceitful. So why would I want to listen with my heart? That sounds good. It sounds good for us to say that. I'm just, just going to do what my heart tells you. Nuh-uh. I shouldn't do what my heart tells me. Not according to Scripture. According to Scripture, if I listen to my heart, if I listen to my heart, I'm going I'm to be going down the wrong path. We need to listen with the Spirit that's within us. So we need to make a decision to make a decision. We need to make a decision to make a decision about what we're going to do when it comes to the, the decisions that we need to make and truly striving to listen to God. We need to pray and we need to make some choices and we need to remove the distractions. We need to remove the distractions in our life that keep us from going the direction that God wants us to go. Saying yes to certain things means saying no to certain things. That's your next fill-in. Saying yes to certain things means saying no to certain things. We need to say yes to the important things in life, and those things begin with what God says is important in life. If we want to find purpose and meaning, that's where we need to start. Newton's third law of motion, I tried to combine like four words there. Newton's third law of motion says this, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction, right? We've heard that one. That makes sense. You know, I throw a ball against the wall, it's going to bounce off, generally. Really what that statement means is that in every interaction that we have, right, there's a pair of forces that are acting on these two interacting objects. Do we consider this idea when it comes to the things that we say yes to and we say no to in our life? Do we really think about that? Let me give you some examples. If I say no to that new iPhone XR that looks sweet because my iPhone 7 is perfectly fine, it means saying yes to being a good steward of God's resources that he's given to me. As much as I might want that new iPhone XR, we need to say yes to the right things and no to certain things as well. Let me give you another one. This might be a little more personal for some of us. Saying yes to that evening meeting or working late or you fill that one in also means saying no to my family. Yes to that date night with my wife means saying no to neglecting my marriage and yes to teaching my kids by example that our marriage is a priority that what we're teaching our kids by saying yes to certain things and no to others, even in their lives, in their own lives, and the things that they're going to grow up seeing. That's something that, you know, I've, I've got to think about all the time. I've got four kids that are just watching me all the time. The things I say yes to and the things I say no to don't just affect me. They don't just affect my wife. They also affect my kids. And the whole way down, do we really think about that? No to that serving opportunity that's presented to you means yes to selfishness. No to the snooze button means saying yes to getting up early, spending time with the Lord first thing in the morning. I know that can be a tough one. I love that snooze button. Yes to intentionally spending time with God and growing in your faith every day, individually as well as maybe in a life group, means 
saying no to wasted time on stuff that has no eternal value. You fill in the blank here. We could, I could go, you know, another list of 10 things, but there is a yes and no in your life right now. We all have them. We all have them. Yes to priorities that are God's means no to mine. It's kind of that cut and dry. Unless your priorities are his, then it's, it's pretty simple. Some things maybe, you know, I realize that there are different, different circumstances and different things and different equations with, with all of the stuff that, that we're talking about here and maybe the things that you're thinking. But at the same time, have you really thought it through this way? Yes to him means no to me. And that's the way it should be. But we don't look at it like that. That's not our perspective all the time because we justify our choices to ourselves because ultimately we're selfish and we want what we want. And sometimes we look at it like this. What does that say? Trolls? No. It, it could say true. It could say false. Depends on how you want to look at it, right? In whatever circumstance in your life, you're like, oh, it definitely says true. Or it might definitely say false. I can make it say whatever I want. It just depends on the circumstance, doesn't it? We do this to ourselves, Or we do things to ourselves like the when-then lie. That's the next fill-in. I know that's maybe not the greatest word to always have as a fill-in, is the word lie, but I want us to remember this because... It's something that, that we do to ourselves. The when-then lie. There are a few more powerful and potentially harmful forces at work in our lives than the when-then lie. And it basically goes like this. When we get that job, when we get that promotion, when we get that house, when we get that number in the bank that we're shooting for, then everything will be great. Then things will settle down We'll have peace, we'll have joy, we'll have security. When this, then that. And that's not always that bad because goal setting is, is an important thing and we should set goals and we should be you know, striving for, you know, for making things better, absolutely. But the problem comes in when, when the behaviors that come with it sometimes we rationalize and excuse away because we're trying to get to the then, hoping that it's true. We neglect people that we're meant to love. We, we disregard people that maybe we should serve. We ignore people that we shouldn't ignore, that we should, that we should love. We, we treat people badly and take advantage of people that we should instead be encouraging and supporting. We tell ourselves the when-then lie, and we all do it. If you look at the story that immediately follows the story of the sons of Zebedee example that Jesus used in Matthew. Very next verse in verse 29. I don't believe this was an accident. The Bible is perfect and without error, and I think this story intentionally follows this to show us something. To show us something about priorities, to show us something about perspective. Matthew 20, verse 29, starting there. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. And two blind men 
were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them, What do you want me to do for you? He asked, Lord, they answered, We want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight and followed him. Jesus was on mission, and he was on purpose. He was listening through all the noise to hear an opportunity to do what he came to do, and that is to serve. Think about the scenario there. He's walking through. There's all these people, because he was like the show when he walked in. All these people talking and all of this stuff, and, 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 and these people over to the side that, that just wanted their sight, calling out to him calling him actually by, by a title that tells you something about what they really believe when they say, Lord, son of David. That, that's a big deal for them to say that because they know who he really was. And the people that are, that are with him start rebuking those people, you know, basically going, shut up. Jesus has got something to do. He's, he's, he's on his way. You just step off. And Jesus is able to hear through the noise, hear through all the distractions, and to focus in on the people that really, really needed him. And to serve them. And it only took a moment. It only took a moment of his time to step aside. But it made all the difference in the world for those that needed healed. Think about the difference that those 10 seconds that Jesus took out of his time to heal those guys and the difference it made in their life literally for the rest of their life. They were blind. That's a big deal. But Jesus was looking for the opportunity to serve and to serve other people because he was looking for an opportunity to share the glory of God and the gospel. And that's the next fill-in, is that his glory and the gospel are infinitely more important than our comfort. Jesus could have just comfortably walked through and kept on trucking, and kept on moving. But he didn't. He stepped out. Because Jesus was not about comfort. If you read all of the stories of Jesus, and you read about the things that he did, comfortable is not a good description for the things that he did, and for the way that he went about doing things. He was, to be quite honest, the opposite. He almost made it awkward intentionally, because God moves through awkward situations. And he made it uncomfortable especially for those that were trying to, to talk down to him and, and destroy what, what he was trying to do. His glory and the gospel are infinitely more important than our comfort. But we flip that because we want our comfort to be the most important thing. But you see, this is our purpose. That's your purpose, his glory and the gospel. If you're looking for purpose, According to the research, many of us are. Then stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at yourself and at what you want. Listen to God and make some choices. Listen to God the right way and make some choices that are based on biblical values and perspective. Do you want a truly worthwhile commitment 
to strive for in the new year? Do you? Because if you do, this is it. His glory in the gospel. That's a worthwhile commitment. We need to get through all of the noise and all of distractions, and there's a ton of it in this world. There's a ton of it. And we need to really listen to God, and we need to put our foot down about what we're going to say yes to and what we're going to say no to. And we need to do it on purpose. His purpose. We're starting a new church in 2019. And I'm excited about that. I'm beyond excited about that. And this church has the sole intent of bringing Christ, community, and purpose to each other and to those around us. What an incredible thing that we all get to be a part of. How amazing is that? That we all get to be a part of that. You want to find an, an area where purpose can show up in a huge, massive way? There's one that fits in with all of this because his glory in the gospel are the most important things about Connect Church. His purpose is to give you purpose. And he chooses to reach those around us through the local church, through you and me. He could have done it any way that he wanted. And he chooses to use us. What greater purpose do we have than that? And so my connection point for the morning is this. It sounds like a tongue twister, but it's the truth, is that your purpose is his purpose on purpose. And it should be on purpose. You hear the term on mission a lot in church circles. You say we're on mission, and, and we are as a church. We should be on mission, on the mission of Jesus. But I almost like on purpose better. Because God is calling you to say yes and no to certain things in 2019. On purpose to accomplish his mission. We should be on mission, but we should be on mission on purpose and with his purpose. And in order to do that, we need to listen to God and we need to say yes and no to certain things in our life. Saying yes to God in 2019. I wanna challenge you to do that. Let's break it down as simple as possible. Say yes to God in 2019 with whatever that looks like for you. As long as you're listening to him properly and you're making the choices that he wants you to make. Understand though, that by saying yes to God in 2019, that it might mean saying no to some things that you, you maybe don't wanna say no to, but you know you should. And it might begin with saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. It might begin there. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe that's the first choice that you need to make. The first yes you need to say is to say yes to a relationship with him. And if that's you, I would love to talk to you about that today. You could come down here and talk to any one of us at the end of the service. Just pull me aside. I don't care if I'm in a conversation with somebody. Just yank on my arm. And let's talk. Because there is no better decision you could make than to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. And for the rest of us, if you know for a fact that you have a relationship with Jesus, let me ask you, let me dare you to take it to the next level 
in 2019 with purpose and meaning on mission and on purpose for him. God's gonna show you the things that you need to do if you're listening to him. God's gonna show you where you need to maybe make some moves or close some doors. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Again, if you don't know for sure that you're going to heaven and you want to say yes to Jesus today, it's just as simple as as talking to God, admitting that you need him, admitting that you need a savior, that you're not perfect. Because God created you to be with him and it's just our sin that separates us from him. And, And there's nothing we can do to remove our sins from ourselves. Our sins cannot be removed by the good things that we do. And Jesus paid the price for you and for me by dying on the cross and raising from the grave and giving us life. And we can have that life with Jesus and that can start right now and last forever. Father, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, God, that they would make that decision today. God, because you can bring purpose and meaning to our life in a way that nothing else can because that's why you created us. So, Father, again, I just, I pray that your spirit would move and, and push on those that maybe need to come to you today, Father. Lord, for the rest of us, I pray that you would help us to commit to listening to you and to making some choices this, this coming year. Sometimes we overcomplicate the New Year's resolution kind of thing. But, Lord, help us to keep it simple and just listen and make some choices. God, I pray for our church as we're moving forward that we would do the same, that we would listen and that we would make some choices. God, we want to be used by you on purpose for your purpose to be the light of the world. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.